guy. One of these guys that is going to bank off of these NVIDIA calls that we doubled down on today. Somebody is going to make major bank and they're going to watch fucking Johnny grease up a pig. It's going to happen. Oh, no, no, no. It's the other way around. We watch <laughs> yeah. them. Make oh, that, that's what it is. I'm confused. I thought Johnny was going back to North Carolina. And no, no, no. My bad. <laughs> purposes only. You'd be an idiot to listen to anything these degenerates say. Invest at your own risk, do research, but seriously don't listen to these ass clowns. Now enjoy Cash Daddies. Welcome to Cash Daddies. We're banking fatties. Very excited. Big announcement. Boom. Okay, real quick. Let's get into it. Please welcome to the show Johnny Wooder. Johnny, where are you? I'm at home. Uh, something's going on with the camera. Working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny broke the camera. Johnny broke the camera with his face. And joining us as always, the man. Oh, the he's so funny. How we doing? Hey. Yeah. What's going on, L.A. people? Big day. Big announcements. Guess what? Guess who? Guess who hit 500 subscribers on Cash Daddy's Patreon. Cash Daddy's! Doo Crew is rocking, rocking in a down market, baby. Amazing. Rocking in the correction. Fire, pure fire. Still, no one's taking up on, us up on the $1,000 uh, I'll watch you make love offer. Uh, it's still out there. And I think you're going to be very happy for those who do, in fact, get it. So an excellent, it's an excellent it. value. I'm it's an excellent you, value. You know how many people would love it. to watch us or ask us to make love? Lots of people. Okay. One of these guys that is going to bank off of these NVIDIA calls that we doubled down on today, somebody is going to make major bank, and they're going to watch fucking Johnny grease up a pig. It's going to happen. Oh, no, no, no. It's the other way around. We watch <laughs> yeah. them make love. Oh, that, that's what it is? Yeah, I'm confused. I thought Johnny was going back to North Carolina. And no, up no, no, no. My bad. I would jump in on that if I knew that. I go halves with somebody. <laughs> that Guys, is not uh, a crazy week. Lots of stuffs going on. We got a great guest that's going to join us in a few. Uh, John Bush. He was on Tim Fall Hat, and I thought he'd be perfect. And so we had an open slot, so we're bring him in. Talk about what's going on with crypto. But how was your week, guys? We'll start with you, Howie, since uh, computers like your face. Uh, how was your week? It was. It's it's a good week, man. I mean, the market is literally. We called it about four days too early, but it's doing exactly what happened. I mean, the S and P, the Nasdaq, the, the Dow, everything's crashing. Everything's taking a nice beat down, which is beautiful, because uh, we actually ended up uh breaking even on coin which everybody thought we were dead in the mar in the water we got cash on the side uh we bought some video calls two days ago once it dropped from 190 to 166 we went in very light very light bought a couple it went from 166 light. down to 152 today and we all jumped on we jumped on nicely they were at a buck 20 buck 30 i think they finished the day buck 40 buck 50 
Um, I love it. I actually, this is the first time that I actually, I love where this is going. Um, because we're going to get a dead cat bounce. We, this is the third straight down day. Mark is taking a beating and, and that's when you want to jump in. You want to jump I'm in for de- dead cats bounce. I'm against dead cat pounce. We are not in the necrophilia on this show. Okay. Dead cat pounce, baby. Yeah, for Just sure. Spin them, spin them. Yeah. Johnny, how was your week? Well, pretty good. Uh, I've been keeping up with the Celsius nonsense. Uh, <laughs> have we talked about that crazy call we were on the other day? Did we talk about that call? <laughs> I want to hear it. What happened, guys? That what was, happened with that the, was... the Celsius? <laughs> that, tell, tell me about that, Sam. It was just it was just a shit show. So we put the pit bull that is Dana Marshall on this, and uh, she was doing a lot of um, investigating. She found out there was a call that was going on through, I believe, the state of New York. Johnny, was it New York or well, was it, it was, New Jersey? It was the... Uh... It was the call where they essentially have to it's a it's a it's a formality, but they have to appear before the representation of their creditors just to kind of lay out the the what's going on. And the trustee is there and ask them a bunch of questions like Mashinsky was on the line and dude, like in the middle of this thing, the music music just starts playing like randomly and nobody can talk. It just starts playing music. No, the whole call goes dead. And it took one of the guys, one of the the main guys at Celsius, about 20 minutes to figure out how to use his phone. Like, honestly, the first 20 minutes of this call, we're trying to get this son of a bitch on the line. That's that's how technically competent they are over at Celsius. That's not a good sign when you don't even know how to use a phone. No, I mean, it was it was pretty pathetic. And then she was really getting in their ass. The trustee was. And then even better was the uh, attorney for uh creditors like us I, I i'm pretty sure he represents like a class of creditors that's pretty similar to where we are and dude he was i mean he was take he was it was no holds barred with this guy he was getting i mean right up there poopers dana took his uh number called him he called her right back and dana was smitten with the fact that this lawyer called her right back so that's i awesome. realized that law dana will fuck for legal counsel that's what i've learned from that whole call. <laughs> That she's willing to give up ass for legal counsel. And uh, he called her and they had a great conversation. And so the biggest thing right now is that we are waiting to, uh, there's a couple things from it. Well, we're waiting to hear, we're supposed to get an email from Celsius telling us how many coins they think they owe us. Yeah. If we agree on that, if we agree on that, then they're, then they'll move forward quickly. Right, I believe. And then if we don't, that's where litigation comes. It's in. called their schedule. It's what they're gonna publish a schedule and it's gonna it's gonna be probably a website. There'll be an email they'll send us, and then there's gonna be a website like a database, and then they will have a list of their creditors. And if we check it out, you know, and sign off on it, it's done, like Sam said. And then if they are trying to pull some funny business with some people and say, Hey, you know, we only actually had nine thousand uh usd coin and you had 15 and it's going to be a problem i got pictures okay but the most interesting thing howie is their head of finance or what was it either head of finance or who uh yeah i believe CFO? Of, i i don't know if it's the cfo i think it's like head of their financial department dude he has a bachelor's he doesn't even have a master yeah, that was the guy degree. that had trouble getting on the phone yeah 
Yeah, usually your CFO went to fucking Penn or yeah. has a bachelor's or a master's. Guy went to well, the, what the, wasn't he the guy though, Sam? That he he wasn't even with the company that long. Like they yeah. basically brought him on to, on to torpedo him once they knew the company was falling apart. Yeah, he was basically brought on to be the fall guy and the whipping boy, and he just must have needed a gig because. He came out. Oh, that was before me. He didn't. He didn't know anything. Dude, what, what if he was just? What if he degree? went to like a career day or something? And they were like, "Hey, you want to be the CFO?" Of no, Celsius? listen. The the listen. A lot of times, here's what happens. A lot of times, when the owners of a company, especially if they're not tra non traded, which Celsius wasn't, but the owners of a company, if they know, if they know that they're committing fraud and they're Ponzi and the shit out of things. You think they're gonna bring in somebody with any fucking uh any kind of a background? No, they want to bring in the dumbest dude that they possibly can so they can tell him what to do. You know, when he's like, Hey, uh, it looks like our 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 balance sheets are off by about, I don't know, 1.7 billion. <laughs> um, you know, should I report? No, no, John, you don't report shit. Uh go out and have uh, go to happy hour in the company's card. Just fucking we'll let you know what we want you to do, pal. Yeah. That's exactly what's going on. Yeah. This dude is just there taking fire for the company. So and he has funny. no idea. I truthfully believe he probably has no clue to how bad these guys were banging people. Yeah. I mean, that's where we're at. You know, we've had a, we've had discussions on this, of course, uh, you know, about, you know, anarchy and what's going on in the crypto world. This is the first time somebody ran off in Jack, Jack coins, uh, Again, this is a little different than what we saw in Canada and maybe what happened out Korea. Um, but it is interesting. And like, I hate government regulation, but it just seems like something needs to be set in place to keep well, this from happening. You have to, because if, if you don't, basically you're going to have uh, just a huge criminal entity. I mean, why wouldn't you start your own fucking uh, holding coin holding facility and, yeah. and basically just fucking yeah. take everything that comes in? If yeah. you know you're not going to get in any hot water. Yeah, it's crazy. Not do it? If it's too good to be true, it's probably too good. Right. And it's yeah, not. Hey, hey. And I mean, the other thing we're not talking about is the fact that in the last three days, Crypto was showing a decent bounce. I mean, Bitcoin got back up to 24, 25. It's back below 20. It'll come back. I think, where is it now, dude? 19, Nine, something like that? 19, yeah. It's actually bounced back from the lows, 19.9. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It's going to be interesting here to see what a lot of these, a lot of these uh, smaller coins do, because they are taking a beat. Ethereum is back down to 15. Well, yeah, and the Ethereum's got the merge coming up uh, in yeah. September. So, uh, do you guys want to do the social question, social media question? Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is from Tyler B. If your company has a, and this is for Sam, I think, if your company has a profit sharing program that is invested, but is yours to take penalty free once leaving the company, can that be considered part of your emergency fund? Man, you're asking a good question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for asking. <laughs> what me do that. you think, Howard? I mean, if you, sure, you can use it that. I mean, it depends. I mean, it depends on if it's a pro, it's a profit sharing plan he's got. Uh, yeah, it's a profit sharing program with no penalties for for. Just uh, make sure you know what the hell's out. in there and how much. 
because if it, you know, if it's a profit sharing plan and after three years, you got $58 in there, I say no. Uh, but you know, hopefully if it's profit sharing and it's a decent company and you can look and see what you have, you got a few G in there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, whether you use that as your savings, uh, emergency savings, or you put one in the bank or in a money market fund, it's all the same, but you know, you should have definitely uh, a few G inside and when the zombies come. Okay. All right. This is this one actually is for Sam. This is from forced to chill. Uh, my dad thinks I'm gay. Should I start investing? Yeah, yeah, dude. I think uh, if you are gay, that's the best for you because you don't have to spend money on women or children. So and then if you get another gay guy, uh, you guys have dual two incomes and you guys are just crushing it. So, yeah, I mean, like, as you know, this show before and after and will always we all want those gay dollars. So we're, <laughs> some of the wealthiest dollars. Some of the wealthiest dudes I know are gay. I mean, you get two gay guys together making decent yeah. coin. Yeah. What, what do they have to spend it on? Oh, I mean, dude, you're telling me, bro. Because I my girl is just oh, she just loves going places. It, it's uh, if I, yeah. I told her the other day, I how much I would be twice as wealthy if if I never met her. I told her that she didn't love that, but I told her that the oh, other day. They, uh, I mean, they, they max out all their shit. I mean. You know, what are you spending on? Our, our society is built off females fucking grabbing men's resources. That is the society. Well, no, to be clear, I'm not talking about my, my girlfriend makes plenty of money. She's she's doing just fine, but and spending her own money. But yeah, I, yeah. I meet her and then we split things is what I'm saying. And and she read. Oh, you go to things. dates and you guys both put down your cards. No, no. Like trips and stuff like vacation. Like when we just went to the desert, all that you, shit. We split. You that. both go. Hey, I'm going half on this vacation. Well, no, I'll pay for it. And then she'll just Apple pay me half hey real quick act, before we get into another story go on howie no i'd say i'd like to act cool and everything but my girl is an absolute fucking beast uh she is a beast i've never i've been uh, way she, better bro she, she is, <laughs> there, there's no doubt that i i went way up <laughs> yeah you fucked out of your league bro. nice yeah. job howie way up. good job howie hey real quick what are your thoughts guys um the the rumor that starbucks is going cashless in September. Well, man, God damn, I'm glad you brought that up because in New York, I'm going to I'm going to say half the fucking places you go into right now are cashless. That's and not good. That's I don't think it is either because I'm pretty certain. I don't know if it's a federal law or it goes state by state, but I know for a fact, I think in New York there's a law that businesses have to take cash. I've been saying that forever. Johnny, what are your thoughts? I always thought you said that's not true. I, I haven't seen no proof of that. Uh, I mean, well, how could they go cashless if, if that's the truth? Isn't it most states? No, it's not most states. Because my thing is this. There's no black or white. There's no, there's no line. When you don't allow cash, you are 100% dimish, discriminating against the lower class uh, i agree you're, you're discriminated against lower class you take a guy that works construction maybe he can't get a credit card or debit card maybe he goes to a check cashing place and, and and cashes his check before he can get on his feet you're gonna tell me you're not gonna take this guy's green get the fuck out of here it's like come on you, they should have to take cash i don't like this shit okay one here we go i just think 
I just think it's heavily, highly discriminatory. While no federal law prohibits stores from refusing cash, some states such as Massachusetts, Rhode Island and New Jersey have passed legislation that outlaws the discrimination of cash buyers by preventing. Let's so do three, it. Massachusetts, Rhode Island and New Jersey. Big government states there. Uh, question for Howie. I am 24 years old and have 10,000. I would like to invest uh, invest towards a down payment on a home. Would TD Ameritrade uh, brokerage account be good? be a good move or is there something else i should be looking into would like to save towards a house for five to ten years he says is he gay that's a good question if you're gay it's even better but yeah use td but look dude you're 24 open up an ira just put it in an ira it's your retirement and guess what if you want to use it as a down payment you can allow it you get first time buyer pretty sure you probably haven't bought a house yet so you're a first-time buyer. You can use that money in the IRA toward the uh, down payment on the house. So, okay. uh, yeah, open up a, a TD. Uh, you put you put it in IRA. Put some in an IRA. Put others, and you know we toss around good ETFs on here. Um, put some in cash in your money market fund. Uh, but yeah, def TD solid. All right. Sure, this is ahead. from Marcus. Uh, if we think the market is heading down with a high degree of certainty and don't feel comfortable buying puts, would you recommend buying inverse funds like SQQQ? Uh, besides the fact that it's levered, it seems more or less the same idea. That's Marcus. Man, it would have been nice buying SQQQ uh, last week, huh? I mean, I think it was. Oh, at yeah. 30, I think it was at 35, 36. I think it's at 43, 44. I wish I had held on to those market puts. My, my God, that would have been. Oh, lovely. My hey, it, it, those puts, Johnny, those puts that I threw out there, I want to say they might have, uh, they more than doubled. I might uh -huh. even go triple. But hey, listen, remember on the SQQQ, uh, yeah, go ahead and buy it, but you don't want to hold it more than two weeks. Um, those that's a short term uh bang. You got to go in, buy it, sell it within uh five or ten days. Let uh, me bang, bro. Let me, uh, bang. Joshua Grimes asked, What do you what you think about buying options on cat caterpillar? Yeah, Josh Grimes, man. Josh Grimes crushed those uh S, those uh spy puts, crushed it. That guy's crushing it. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm looking at I'm looking at cat and it's taking it's taking a nice beat down. It's not yet where I want to buy it. Um, I think if we sell off a little more, it's at one eighty seven right now, uh, down from two hundred. Um, but it looks to me like this thing could possibly get down to one seventy three, one seventy six if the sell off continues, and then I'll be diving in again. All right, right on. Um, let me see. This is from RJ Santoya. This one's for Tripoli. Does he have any good recommendations for spikes, shoulder pads, and a crossbow? Looking for a Mad Max starter kit. Matt, you know, dude, I mean, teach each to their own man. Have you trained so, with your crossbow? Have you trained? No, but hey, fun facts. This week I get back into shooting guns. Okay. But you haven't trained with your crossbow. That's your life-saving uh, device, you said. I'm not. I'm starting. I, I. Hey, I have obligations, Johnny. No, it's cool. You only got it, what, a year ago or something like that? Less no problem. You haven't gotten around to it. Understood. Less than a year ago, bud. Less Those are some hairy ago. fucking arms. Yeah, they yeah. are. Sam's, dude. Sam's yeah. been going to the gym. He's, he, he's showing off. Yeah, I have hairy, been. Going hairy too. Armenian arms. <laughs> Guys, times are tough. There's a recession. 
Fuel is through the roof, food prices are insane, and people have started to lose their homes. But there can be a huge positive to this because recessions are where more wealth is made than in any other time in the economic cycle. Take the last recession. Those who invested in property and stocks more than doubled their money inside two years. But no market rose like crypto where people made 10, 50, even 100x over the same period. That's what James McMahon did. On his Crypto with James YouTube channel, he told his 21,000 subscribers to invest in the same 26 coins that he did. Had you invested $100 into each of those coins, you'd have been in profit more than $123,000. His top pick of the year, a crypto called Phantom, went up a staggering 692 times. And remember, this is public knowledge. You can go to YouTube and verify it yourself. James will be sharing every coin he buys during this recession on his Copy My Crypto membership site. It's like having a big brother who knows what he's doing. You don't need to know a thing about crypto or how to invest. You simply copy along. So to join the 2,800 members who copy James, go to copymycrypto.com slash Sam. That's copymycrypto.com forward slash S-A-M. It's your call. You can thrive in this recession or be another victim. Go to the site and read every word. All right, so let's get to our guest. Very excited to have this next gentleman on. He was just on Tim Fall Hat, and he knocked it out of the park so well. We decided to bring him over to the Cash Daddies. Um, very excited to have him on. He is the founder of FreedomCells.org and also Live Free Academy. Please welcome John Bush. John, how are you? I'm great. Life is good. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. John, uh, I was very impressed with your appearance the other day. I'm very impressed with your appearance. <laughs> and um, I wanted to bring you on because, you know, we wanted to get into a little crypto talk. Uh, Howie, this is Howie Dewey. I, you didn't, haven't met him. He's a big part of the show. He was talking about how uh, crypto made a little bounce back yesterday. Uh, what are your thoughts on crypto right now? Hey. I'm long-term bullish on crypto. I encourage folks that are just getting involved to proceed with caution. I think that it is a wonderful place to park excess money if folks are doing well financially. If, if you're on the come up, maybe just dabble a little bit here and there and put more of your effort and energy into increasing your income, starting a business, all that stuff. But there's a lot of opportunity. And on top of just protecting wealth or building wealth, it's an incredibly powerful tool to help free people engage in commerce outside of the scope of the big government and technocracy. Uh, I like that. You're very much into, this is where I think we're really going to hit with our, our, our listeners, uh, the, the DeFi uh, wallets, uh, getting off of these kind of exchanges that can control your your crypto not let you get mm -hmm. into it can you tell us a little bit about that yeah well just for starters there is an important distinction between a custodial wallet and a non-custodial wallet right so most folks when they're purchasing crypto they'll use a service like coinbase for example or an exchange like kraken and the challenge with these services they're very easy to use and they're a wonderful on-ramp into the crypto space but they're what's known as a custodial wallet now with cryptocurrency you have a public address and a private key 
That's when you set up a wallet, it pops out a bunch of public addresses and private key combinations. The public address is kind of like your account number. So if I wanted to send you crypto, Sam, you would give me your public address. I would pop it into my wallet send section and I would send you some crypto. Now, whoever has the private key that corresponds with the public address, that's who can unlock access and send crypto out of that address, basically. It's, it's kind of like a key or a password. Every public address has a private key. In a custodial wallet, the user doesn't have access to that private key. So in reality, they don't have control over their money. And of course, that's one of the big value propositions of cryptocurrency is for the first time in history, we can control money and we can exchange it digitally and no one else can do anything about it. So the thing to do is if you're going to purchase crypto with an exchange or a service that utilizes a custodial wallet, it's critical to take the crypto from there and transfer it to a non-custodial wallet where only you have access to your private keys, no one else and then store it there or spend it from there. What are your suggestions for the best wallets out there? What, are, what wallets do you really like and recommend? I recommend folks in the courses and trainings that I do, uh, I recommend Coinomi, C-O-I-N-O-M-I. And I recommend that for beginners because it's very simple to use. It's what's known as a multi-wallet. So you'll be able to do Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, Dash, Monero, you name it, including all these Ethereum tokens, right? Tether, all this other stuff that you can use on top of the Ethereum blockchain. So I'm a big fan of that one. And then besides that, I like Exodus, the Exodus wallet. This is a wallet that allows you to do what's called staking. So there's certain cryptos like Cardano, for example, that you can purchase some and then you kind of lock it away, you stake it and you earn just a little under 5% rewards or kind of like interest on it as well. So that's something if you're long-term bullish on Cardano, you can park your money there and then slowly but surely put your money to work for you. And of course it compounds, which is pretty cool. Another good thing about the Exodus wallet is it'll utilize the Bitcoin Lightning Network. It's a layer two network that makes it easy to send and receive small amounts of Bitcoin with basically no fee whatsoever. That's not the case if you're using Bitcoin on the actual Bitcoin blockchain. The fees used to be like 20, 30, 40 bucks at times. Now they're probably a few dollars, but if you're gonna buy a cup of coffee for five bucks, it doesn't make sense to pay a dollar for a fee. So that's what the Lightning Network gives you the ability to do. And Exodus makes it really easy to onboard into the Lightning Network. Let me let me ask you a question on the staking. And this is the problem I have. Uh, you talked about Cardano trading at 45 cents. Uh, now, if you go in and you stake and you're saying, you know, you get 5% and you get compounded. Let me ask you a question. How, where do you think they get that money to pay you 5%? How are they getting that high of an interest? Because well, ba banks can't give you that. Banks can insure your money, but banks can't give you 5%. So why can Cardano give you 5%? I have a real problem with that. And that makes me extremely nervous. All right. You're not defending the banks over here on us, are you? I hate banks. All right. I hate banks. Banks are the worst in, in the world. But I, I like, I'd like to sit down with somebody at Cardano and say, you know, you're giving me 5%. That's a hell of a deal. That's yeah, actually yeah, yeah. one of the highest uh, rates Yield. of interest that I know. So my thing is, if you're giving me 5%, something tells me, because I know how banks do it. Banks banks can give me uh, a point and a half or 2%. Or if I want to buy a house, 
they'll lend it to me at four and a half or five and a five and a half percent. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact what banks do, banks turn mm-hmm. around, they buy Philip Morris and Coca-Cola and they make 15% on that. Um, and that's the hedge. So my point is where where's Cardano? Because for them to give me 5%, they got to be making much more than that somewhere to be profitable. No, I gotcha. Well, you know, the thing about Cardano and many of these cryptocurrencies is they're completely decentralized. And while there may be a company or a nonprofit foundation that helps to develop the blockchain, there isn't a company and there's not necessarily um, some sort of profit system in Cardano. But let me answer your question as far as where that money comes from. Yeah. So certain cryptocurrencies have different consensus mechanisms. And these are basically the protocols, the systems that help the cryptocurrency to protect and ensure the legitimacy of the transactions, the security of the network. So for example, Bitcoin uses proof of work. And basically that's what Bitcoin mining is. You have these complex computers that compete to solve a mathematical computation. And then whoever solves it, they get to add the next block to the Bitcoin blockchain, right? And verify the transactions. Well, Cardano uses proof of stake. So essentially you stake your crypto and then based on how much crypto you have staked, you have a greater chance of being chosen to validate the next block. And so whoever validates that block is rewarded with that crypto. So essentially the Cardano protocol, the program that operates Cardano, it's generating new Cardano. So it's not interest coming from someone else here or there, it's new coins that are being generated and distributed to whoever earns the right to solve that block, earns the privilege okay, to solve that that's, block. That's, you made that clear, but my now now I got a bigger problem. Let's say you're paying me 5% and you give me a shitload of new coins and all of a sudden the price on Cardano continues to drop like it is right now. I'm not, I'm not actually getting that 5%. I'm getting a lot less. Well, if you're comparing it to dollars, yes, that's the case. And that's something everybody should be aware of. And honestly, I've been involved in the crypto space since 2011, 2012. And more so as of late, I think the best strategy is simply to stack Bitcoin, plain and simple. There's other like cryptos. It. There's I other like cryptos it. that have benefits and that you can like write smart contracts to do decentralized finance. Monero's great as we enter this era of the central bank digital currency, so we can continue to do business online outside their purview. But at the end of the day, if folks are just getting started, if they just want a nice, simple path, and perhaps the most likely to do good as far as the money they make, I would just stack Bitcoin. In fact, I would encourage everyone. I've been saying this since Bitcoin was $200. I said it when it was 10,000. I said it when it was 50,000. Now that it's 19,900, everyone should be doing what they can to at least try to get a whole Bitcoin because it may not be very long into the future. The folks that are holding on to a whole Bitcoin or more are going to be the new wealthy class in this world. Can I ask well, you? I have I have a question about it seems that the climate and it just might be that there, you know, is a real concerted effort to kneecap Bitcoin. And that's what we're hearing here. Uh, but it seems that things are turning against proof of work because of, you know, it's inherent energy and efficiency. Uh, does that are you concerned about that long term that Bitcoin is is seems to be kind of set on its course? Uh, you know, with Ethereum 2.0, is that is that is that concern you at all? Sure. Yeah. And I think old Elon Musk, love him or hate him. It's interesting that Elon was basically responsible for this giant expansion in the price of Bitcoin when they said that Tesla was going to accept it and that they were holding it in their reserves. There was other factors as well, but that really caused a giant spike. 
And then when Elon came out and said that they're no longer going to accept it, uh, it dropped down to back about where it was before. But uh, since that, and, and before then, but really in the, in the, in the mainstream, it's been a, a big topic at hand. And ultimately, I think that I don't mind the energy usage. Using energy isn't necessarily a bad thing. Uh, one thing that cryptocurrency is doing is because there's a financial incentive to use this energy to verify these transactions and run these miners, a lot of cryptocurrency miners are spurring innovation in the renewable energy space because now we have like you can make a lot of money if you figure out a way to mine Bitcoin that costs little to nothing and doesn't use a lot of energy. Yeah. So ultimately, at the end of the day, the argument that I make when people bring that up is like, what Bitcoin is trying to do, what we're trying to do by participating in Bitcoin is end the dollar dominance. And it's this petrol dollar that really is a problem for the world's environment with all the wars and all these giant aircraft carriers falling all over. But uh, that is that is a cause for concern. And one thing that's unfortunate about the cryptocurrency space, while it's growing and growing, uh, it still is very susceptible to market changes, to big announcements by regulators, to big executives saying this or that. So it, it's always important for folks to tread cautiously, which is why I started off by saying this is a good space to be in if you have excess money. But if you're someone that's on the come up, I would focus my energy on making more money before I start pouring a bunch of my money into something that could lose 20% of its value in a given day. No, that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up right from the get-go because I, I tell people... Uh, you know, I think you should have three to five percent of your portfolio in Ethereum or Bitcoin. I, I truly don't like I don't trust anything else. Um, you know, there's so many of these people that are, you know, this coin hex where these guys are staked and they're telling me, look, I put in five hundred dollars and you're a moron because in five years it's going to be worth one hundred and seventy thousand. And I just can't even, I can't fucking answer. They get the crystal ball, man. It's the craziest shit I've ever heard in my life. But Bitcoin and Ethereum, I do have faith in it. I don't think Bitcoin's going anywhere. Um, I think, you know, it's going to be a positive impact in the future. Uh, And it's down to a good price right now. 19K, I'd be buying it right here. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good price. Uh, In one of the workshops I do, I teach people how to do some basic technical analysis with support and resistance. And so we've returned to a previous support level. If the bottom drops out and we go down further, we could return to like 13K or something crazy like that. So I think a a good option is to do dollar cost averaging. That's where you determine what you can afford every day or every month. And then you're just buying no matter what the price is. And folks historically that have done that in the past, uh, they've actually done pretty well. Unless, of course, you just started when the price was 60K or so. But over time, again, it's a long-term play. People really need to get out of the moment and pull back on a bigger perspective, bigger picture, and learn to invest for the long-term, much like Warren Buffett would, And uh, I think for younger generations, that's a challenge. But the good thing about Bitcoin is it's teaching new it's teaching people how to have a longer term perspective, how to save for future earnings, for future benefit, and maybe be able to pass it on to their kids and stuff or borrow against it in order to do improvements. Yeah, that's all we push on the Patreon. I mean, we dollar cost average big time today on uh, some NVIDIA calls uh, and we've been doing it for for months and Mm -hmm it's it's paid off i mean this is you look at the overall market this is where you want to be buying you want to be putting money in your 401k your iras you know buying some of this bitcoin ethereum while it's low because two three years from now 
shit's going to be way up. There's no doubt about it. Is it, the- is it a uh, weird uh, predicament to be in? Is it a rock and a hard place where you want to get as much crypto access to business as possible, meaning you could use crypto to buy stuff? But it also seems like the more we get these giant corporations into crypto, we're allowing them to control the the value uh, of the unit or the currency, right? I mean, because we have all these, everyone gets excited when like BlackRock has bought like a bazillion Bitcoin. You're like, yeah. And then they're like, then it seems like they also have control of the price. And it, it's a, it's a weird predicament to be in. What are your thoughts on that? Well, if somebody's investing in cryptocurrency or Bitcoin specifically in order to make some money or to protect wealth from inflation or to have gains in the future, uh, then it would be seen as a good thing for lots of institutions, lots of big firms. You know, if Walmart started accepting crypto, for example, uh, that would signal to the market that it's a legitimate form of currency even. Uh, or if I think ultimately there's a there's a possibility in the future that Bitcoin could come like a global store of value kind of deal, e- even replacing gold. If Bitcoin if Bitcoin were to replace gold as the number one most valuable uh, asset in the world, then one coin would be worth like four hundred or five hundred thousand dollars if you do the market cap math. But, but yeah, it's you know, it's a show ch- some stabilization before that happens because yeah, I mean, for sure, without a doubt. That's I mean, we're entering a digital world, and so it's much more useful than gold. You know, like it's very challenging to transport a whole lot yeah, of gold for, for these sure, sovereign countries and sure. stuff. But no, I'm not. I'm not happy that BlackRock's getting involved, and there's most definitely price manipulation. And you can bet that they see the writing on the wall, and they have the uh, the weight to throw behind some fledgling new currency. It's not really fledgling, but they can manipulate the price and then buy it up whenever it goes down and all that stuff. And so those guys are doing it now, though. Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, they're all doing it. They do it with everything. That's just something that we ought to be aware of. But again, there's two value propositions for me with crypto. One is protecting wealth, building wealth, and the other is subverting the government by engaging in financial transactions outside of their purview. And so regardless of whether BlackRock is manipulating the price of Bitcoin or not, Uh, You can still use Monero. You can still use Bitcoin to transfer money and there's nothing the government can do about it. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think crypto isn't going to jump until we see uh, just more everyday businesses, like you said, like Walmart starting to accept it. Because what's happening now is anytime that there's any kind of turbulence in the economy, everybody runs and starts selling off their crypto for fiat dollars and they're like oh i got 80 grand in my bank account you're like but that's not the 80 grand that your grandpa had that's a much different 80 grand it can't buy as much well think about it dude think about if somebody put in a safe forty thousand dollars 50 years ago and then took it out today how much less that i mean it's just it it, the government has stolen all that money from you essentially the the federal reserve has just stolen just destroyed it yeah just destroyed it yeah what's crazy the dollar is god it's almost like it's too strong right now i mean it's uh it really is it's i think it's what buck 16 buck 17 versus the euro right now it's insane yeah it's wild and uh the unfortunate thing like sam was saying 
it wasn't that long ago I was telling people like, yeah, Bitcoin, the val one of the big value propositions for Bitcoin is to protect against inflation. But here we have record inflation and Bitcoin's dropping down. So unfortunately, it's getting tied in with speculative investments, with tech yeah. stocks and stuff. And there's just the market, you know, the market doesn't think like I'd like it to think, but the market speaks. And uh, you got to be careful and be cautious because it's not like it's some independent thing that's going to save us all from the Federal Reserve. It's still tied in with all sorts of other assets and institutions. Yeah, good point. Good I point. mean, we just got to see an expansion of where you could use it. And once people are able to use it to buy gas easily, clothes, food, all that stuff, you're going to see people less likely to sell their crypto for fiat money. And, you know, when you tell me that the dollar is doing strong, you know, that makes me think that the rest of the world's currency is hot garbage. <laughs> it is. They're, the rest of, look at your, Europe is screwed like, right now. Europe is in deep shit right now, man. They got problems. Shit, they're going to freeze to death this winter. They got no natural gas. Mm -hmm. We'll be shipping the natural gas over to them uh, come October, November. And what do you think we're going to charge for that? What do you think those shipping prices? And it's going to end up coming back and kicking our ass. Yeah. I think um, more so than stores and shops and online stores, except in Bitcoin, that's going to drive the price up is... And this is what really drove the price up more recently is financial institutions and mega corporations investing Bitcoin and holding it in their treasuries. I think that's going to be the big signal. And I believe more so now Bitcoin is shaping up to be this isn't what I wanted, but Bitcoin is shaping up to be like a, a digital gold store value. Not now. Obviously, it's volatile and crazy, but I think that's more of the value proposition that Bitcoin uh, will present. Now, this whole Lightning Network, it's going to make it easy to do little Twitter tips and send little small bits of money to express value or appreciation on social media and stuff. That's a really cool uh, value proposition. But another thing, too, when the older generations start to pass, a lot of young people that aren't uncomfortable with technology, that don't think it's weird to have money on a phone instead of using cash or whatever, I think that'll make a big difference, too. But it's just important, again, to remember it's the long-term play. I mean, we're I, kind of there now, aren't we? With, I mean, who you walk into any restaurant, everyone uses Apple Pay, or you, you, you know, you just fire your card over, and you can pay for anything now. I mean, yeah, but it's all dollars still. There's a lot of folks that are uncomfortable yeah. with some new sovereign money, yeah. but the the smart people realize that this is better to have sovereign money, so the government can't manipulate it. But the government no. still does manipulate it. Yeah, so what do we do? We were talking about this right before you, you came out. What do we do now? We got into it because there's a lot of entities, whether it's restaurants, stores, they're, they're, they've stopped taking cash, even though it's illegal in a lot of states. And, you know, I personally feel that by not taking cash, you're pretty much discriminating against the lower class. Because, you know, what if you're a guy that, that works, you don't have a credit card, you can't get one, you have to pay in cash. That's a whole different situation. I mean, how the hell do you teach those people about crypto? Oh, yeah, it's I mean, crypto is still pretty complicated, right? So folks that are struggling financially or folks yeah. that are less educated, they may have have issues with it. And that's what happened with El Salvador, right? Like it was some big grand experiment. But a lot of people in El Salvador are like, We're, we don't want to do this. This is a little bit overwhelming for us. We'd like the status quo. Uh, of a, the dollar, basically. But um, I, I'm not 
I'm not happy about this shift away from cash. It's obvious that it's all part of this effort to track, trace, surveil, and control people's money. So the thing to do is ask ourselves, well, what are we going to do about it? Uh, and that's some of the work that we do with the Freedom Cell Network. There's over 33,000 of us globally, and we're all conscious of these problems, surveillance, central bank digital currency, war, technocracy. But we're focused on what are we going to do about it? And so one of the things, for example, we're having a meeting here in Central Texas on September 10th, and we're going to be identifying local food producers. We're going to be identifying people that have businesses and are looking for people to help. We're going to be identifying folks that are out of work, looking for a job. And really, we're just trying to localize and decentralize the provision of goods and services amongst our own community. And I think there's this big, you know, the pendulum's always shifting left to right technology back to old school ways. And right now, things have gotten so centralized and everyone's seen how terrible that's working out for us. Uh, so mm -hmm. we're going to shift things back to a decentralized way and get back to connecting with local communities. No, I like your philosophy, man. I really do. I like your philosophy. I'm all about, you know, uh, buying it, you know, Liz and Bob's hardware store, store versus Home Depot, basically, sure. which is China. Um, so no, I think that's a good thing, man. I mean, if you can get, you know, local, economies just functioning on them by themselves that's a beautiful thing mm -hmm. yeah uh, and it's a challenge yeah i i think we're looking at some uh an interesting future are you concerned about cashless stuff are you are you concerned that uh i mean because you're really off the grid guy and at the same time there's a little bit of like crypto and if you listen to a lot of people in the truth or community uh they believe that the um that the what's it called where all the transactions go on the um blockchain is uh going to enslave people uh is that a concern uh you know it, it had to be pretty damn clever and cunning if bitcoin was created by some new world order plot i i highly doubt it everyone does need to be aware though that every transaction that takes place on the bitcoin blockchain is completely transparent even it's not necessarily hookers? <laughs> it's not yeah even your hooker purchases there Sam. Fuck, Johnny, <laughs> i'm sorry you're <laughs> it's not uh it's not necessarily tied to your identity but if you purchase cryptocurrency and your identity is tied to that purchase then the entire trail of those crypto coins can be tracked and traced and surveilled there's our ways around that. There's ways to use coin mixers, for example, which some folks are getting in trouble for doing that now. But then there's cryptocurrencies like Monero that are completely private and completely secured. So I highly, highly doubt that cryptocurrency uh, as a whole is part of some new world or scheme. However, early on, like in 2011, 2012, I learned about Bitcoin. I was like, this is going to end the Fed. This is going to end the central banks. I underestimated how cunning these central banks are because now they're borrowing from cryptocurrency and digital currency in order to control and enslave people. So it just goes back to building those relationships, starting to use the privacy coins, starting to barter and trade with one another on a local level. So hopefully as they roll out that central bank digital currency cashless mark of the beast control paradigm, we're able to still 
exist and exist comfortably, not have to go hide out in the woods or a compound like Ruby Ridge or something, but like still exist and function in a society where we trade and we have our basic needs met and, and beyond that, we, we have a good quality of life. It's, it's important that we recognize that stuff and start taking those steps now because this is coming down the pike pretty fast. Uh, today I was driving and for the first time ever, I heard uh, an ad on the radio, which is crazy. The radio which tends to be older people uh, for the metaverse. Uh, and it's basically like iHeartRadio is trying to get everybody to go to this kind of place where they have a concert going on. Wow. And a lot of these cryptos we saw were like, I know decentralized land, which is, mm -hmm. I think, going to be a competition to metaverse, which I'm going to, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that, that kind of, you know, how they integrate. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, decentralized land was on a nice run, but now it's taking a beam because the internet didn't move as quick as the currency did. Uh, how far away do you think we are in your estimation to stuff like that, where, we're going to be able to use our our cryptocurrency in the metaverse and stuff like that. Uh, it's clear that that's part of this whole great reset agenda. And of course the lockdowns, everything that happened with COVID, it aligns perfectly with the great reset agenda, locking people down so they can't go into the office, brought on this whole Zoom thing, right? And so on the one hand, I appreciate that I can reach more people whenever we do these events and workshops because they're there on Zoom. We, t we try as much as we can to do these virtual in-person hybrids. So we still keep that human connection, which is so powerful, the energy in a room when you got 400 people on the same page, feeling empowered, inspired, shaking hands, swapping germs, all that good stuff. That's, that's really what it's all about. But I think it's inevitable that there's going to be a shift towards complete digital uh, existence, basically, uh, much like The Matrix or much like there's this movie Ready Player One that uh, my kids love. That's a really good movie. It's like a nostalgic thing for my generation. But uh, the problem is when new generations and new children are born and that's what they experience and it's normalized for them, it then makes it easier for it to become a whole reality in the future. So I think to counter that, because, you know, if people want to go chat or whatever or go to a conference where they can walk in virtually to different rooms, I mean, that's cool. There's value in that. But nothing beats the in-person human interaction. And I think it's important that we keep that going. We keep having in-person comedy shows, even if they try to lock this or that down. We keep doing the in-person conference, uh, going over for dinner, potlucks and stuff. But I think that's inevitable. And it's both fortunate and unfortunate. Well, I'm excited because by the time the metaverse is cooking with gas, I'm going to be in the old home and that's going to be perfect for me. I'm just going to sit in my <laughs> old home shitty ass room with my goggles on and just bang hookers in opium dens. And that's all I'm going to do, bro. My kids can take my inheritance and just leave me the fuck alone, bro. Daddy's running Thailand. Um, Real quick before we let you go, can you tell us a little bit about your projects you're working on? Yeah, so we uh, actually did a webinar. It's a free webinar. I'll share the links with you guys to share with your audience, but it's all about crypto. It's I went for four hours. Usually when I do these webinars, I'll just go and go, and there's a lot of questions. What do you but think, I share, Chappelle? <laughs> I share about uh, decentralized finance. I talk about, I overcome a lot of these objections because a lot of people are concerned about crypto, saying what if the grid goes down or there's an EMP 
at the end of the day, you're not going to be worried about your crypto if there's an EMP and the grid goes down. You better be prepped and make sure you got your little survival crew ready and you can eat. Uh, but we talk about a lot of that stuff. So love to share that link with you. And then we're having a big conference. Uh, we call it an activation because it's more than just a conference, right? So a lot of people are familiar with this great reset, this effort to merge biology, technology, reshape government, old Klaus Schwab. You, you will own nothing and be happy and eat the bugs, right? So to counter that, we're doing this greater reset. So essentially, it's like there for centralization, corruption, control. We, we are for decentralization, voluntary interaction, transparency. And so we try to present solutions-oriented speakers and presenters, entrepreneurs, visionaries. But that's coming up in January, January 18th through the 22nd. People can join us in person in Central Texas. There's also an in-person uh, version in Mexico. And then it's free for everyone to watch online. So people can check that out at thegreaterreset.org, thegreaterreset.org. All right, man. Solid. Cool. John, it was a pleasure to have you on. You killed it again. Thank you so right. much for coming on. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again, hopefully down the line. Anything, any new projects you got going on? Any thoughts on crypto? Just hit us up and you have an open door to come on Cash Daddies. Cool, cool. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. Good stuff, Brother, man. thank you so much. You crushed. Thank you. Bye. All right, so let's get into it, man. We're going to do our picks. Who wants to start? I'll start. Guess what I'm picking, guys? Silver. Silver's down. Buy a fat chunk of it. I didn't need Howie to tell me to pick silver. I was going to pick silver anyways. And that's my choice. Silver. Buy now. Get silver. We're going to be able to buy off uh, indigenous people and shoot werewolves. Let's go. What do you got, Johnny? Silver's a good buy. You look at the SLV ETF. It's It was... Uh... Literally in six months, it's gone from 25 down to 16, 98, 17. It's a good buy right now, silver. Uh, all right, right on. Yeah, I'm not smart enough for this market. You know, it's 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 very it's all over the place. So I'm I'm in cash and following Howie Dewey. Yeah, man. Here's my pick. I I sold. Uh, I stopped out of this DSX at around six bucks. It's finally down to 480. I think it's a good time to buy it back. DSX. I like it DSX. right here. Shipping, All right. Shipping company. I love it. Cash. Right on. All right. And we'll get in how he's going to get into his big plays over in uh, the Patreon portion oh, of this yeah. episode. He's got a pretty exciting week underway already. So yeah. looking forward to Someone's got a new haircut. The rest new of this. Picks. Oh, new haircut. Yeah, sure did. Huh? See you on the Patreon. All 500 of you. 503. 503 now, yeah. It's 503. It never stopped. Onward and upward to 1,000.